and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to the rebel girls and riot girls in the music industry and why they matter. Each episode will feature songs by bands you just need to hear. So if you think you're ready, I will see you in the front. guys and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. It's episode 12 and today I'm going to talk about a topic that has been more present in the people who I look up to most and a topic I identify with strongly and that's mental illness. Recently, Haley Williams has opened up about anxiety and depression and has mentioned throughout the last one or two years about being in therapy and Lynn of Paris has also spoken up recently about going to therapy and how she's battling her depression. Now, a lot of people listening to this podcast don't know me personally, so for those of you who don't know me, I struggle with moderately crippling anxiety. When I was younger to late teens, I always just thought everybody was the way I was and that maybe I was just really introverted. It turns out that that was not the case, and I accepted this only over the last five or six years, and I have been battling it every day since. I also recently have struggled with intermittent sorry, <laughs> waves of depression that I cannot seem to get a handle on. This podcast is incredibly difficult for me to do, to the point I wake up and think about quitting every day because I get so overwhelmed with doubt that nobody cares about this. I was going to interview women in bands a few times and didn't follow through because I had massive panic attacks and just couldn't do it. I had a table recently set up at a grave show and I couldn't even stand there because I was too anxious about having to talk to somebody about this project. So needless to say, when somebody who has been a person you've looked up to up to, sorry, I can't even speak, for the greater half of a decade says, hey, I'm struggling with anxiety and depression and this album is me dealing with it, you start to want to overcome yours. So that's that's Haley for me right now. So Haley opened up about going to therapy before After Laughter came out, which I believe she tweeted like two or three times in the past about it, but Paramore did an interview for Beats 1 Radio with Zane Lau for when Hard Times came out. They did two parts. They did one... Part one was basically just about hard times and, you know, after laughter coming out. And then the second part was about track by track, the after laughter songs and what they meant. And when that first one came out, Haley talked about how she struggled, struggled with uh, depression only recently. Sorry, guys, I can't seem to really talk, but I'm going to play you that clip right now. So I'm going to ask you the question, and I'm going to preface it by acknowledging that I absolutely, you know, have, have, have anxiety issues and mm. have been depressed. And, and I say that because I'm going to ask you, is that something that you suffer from? Now, yeah. Three years ago, no. It kind of, I think it was kind of, I don't know what happened. <laughs> but now, yeah, mm. for sure. Mm. And I think that it gave me um, empathy for friends who struggle with it. I know ta- like Taylor on the road, we both have like had such difficult times um even verbalizing how we feel about just life um this the roller coaster of touring and being in a band in general and being public um uh, it gave me a lot of compassion that i didn't have before because before i was very much like a one of those people that was just like everything's fine we're good right everything's great everything's great well maybe you did So the entire After Laughter record is about struggling with depression and anxiety. The one that really got me, though, the most was Told You So. The first three seconds, and there's even a tweet about this if you guys want to go find it, I knew it was my favorite Paramore song. Then I saw the video, and I was so proud of this band. Zach actually directed the video, and there's an article with the fader that talks about what the video is about. 
The article says, in fact, Zach wrote and directed today's video for Told You So. With help from Aaron Joseph, he based it on the band's car rides after recording sessions in LA. Zach noticed that my anxiety and overall state was just a lot more peaceful on those drives, lead singer Haley Williams told The Fader, and mentioned to me that it that it made him happy to see me for rest for a moment. It means a lot that you can conceptualize a video around a passing moment we had as friends. That to me was the turning point in realizing how special this album was going to be before I even heard it. Haley talked in an interview for Behind the Brand where she said that she was ready to hang it all up. Let me play that for you guys. How do you push through that? It's interesting to think about what makes me want to keep going. Um, and what might make me want to quit. Cause we've, you know, my band, we've been through so many crazy, I mean, we've been through a lot of hard times and um, we've been through incredible, we've had so many successes and these great achievements, but that also doesn't, that shouldn't be the fuel either to keep going. Um, I think to be really honest, you know, two years ago I was ready to quit. I was, I just thought, um, you know, I, been through a lot personally and the band had been through a lot and um I doubted if I could write a record that I loved as much as our self-titled record um and I just thought oh, man like this is I've been stressing this for 13 years I've been working my ass off for 13 years since before I had a car before I had you know anything that was mine you know the only thing that was mine was this music you know it was and then also, again, when they were talking about the track Forgiveness with Zane Lau. You know, mm. we run into each other around town and all that. And, mm. and, and it's so nice to find that. I mean, Taylor and I actually got to experience that moment together because mm. we were at the coffee shop talking. like I th About we, whether we were going to stay in this band or not. When we saw Josh. And, no way. Yeah. At, at that time. Yeah. And then Taylor talking about how Caught in the Middle came about. What's the story behind that one, Taylor? Like, how did that song come to exist? I, I was going through, like, a... Man, there was just like a lot of darkness writing this record, but I was, I like had to get away. And so I went to the beach in Florida and like I drove seven hours and I was gone for two days and it was even, I came back more depressed than when I left. <laughs> wow. So it worked. Because I, I was like, man, I shouldn't have gone alone. Florida. And Paramore also stopped by NPR and talked about the lyrics and the music to After Laughter being raw and honest lyrics to upbeat music and how that um, really affected them and how Haley feels about that dynamic. I don't think that we could have finished an album, at least lyrically, that matched the tone of the music. That's Haley Williams, Paramore's fierce front woman who has spoken openly about her battle with depression. But I also think that being able to speak out some of these feelings and emotions, like it, it added um, even more depth. I mean, there's obviously so much going on in the music and that was really interesting to put some of these words to, but I, now that we listen back, it's, it's like, oh man, thank God. Cause I don't really want to sing those words over sad sounding stuff. I think we would all be miserable. So that's just a couple of examples of Haley dealing with depression and writing songs like Hard Times and Told You So and just basically opening this whole thing up because I have a lot to say about this. But for right now, I'm going to take a break to play you guys the first song of the episode by a band that I've actually played before, but I feel the song and the band fit this episode. The band is Gouge Away again, and frontwoman Christina spoke about this new music that they're 
uh, creating being about mental illness back when I saw them in April and man I felt so connected to their music after her speech that night. Christina also has an online store called Girl on Tour where she hand makes patches, shirts, and zines and even has a new zine out now that I can't wait to get in the mail. It's about their tour diary from the last tour that they were on with Super Unison and you guys can check her out on Instagram. I think it's girl.on.tour. Um, the song I have for you guys is called Swallow, which is off their two-song tape that they have off. This is the second song. The first song is called Sweat that I played in the previous episode. And the lyrics of the song hit you so hard, and I can't wait to see them on tour with Touche Amore the day before I actually see Paramore for the first time on their next tour. So this is going to be an emotional October. So yeah, here's Swallow. Yeah. 
Again, that was the song Swallow by the band Gaujoy off their two-song tape available on their Bandcamp. I don't know if it's sold out or not. It might have been, but check out their Bandcamp and see if they're going to remake it or what's going on with that. I'm sure that they'll probably sell more on their next tour with Touche More. I believe it starts in October. So I started by talking about before After Laughter came out and how Haley was dealing with a lot of it. Last week she actually did an interview with The Fader that moved me and made me super emotional. I encourage everybody to read it. I bought the physical copy for $20 because I wanted to own it and read it whenever I feel alone. There's a lot of incredible things Haley said, but she said something that I related to more than anybody has ever said that I've been able to relate to, and that was this melancholy Melancholy is different than her teenage problems. It's more reflective, adult, deliberate, debilitating, sorry. She says she's been struggling with depression these past couple of years, punctuated by times in which she stayed in bed all day watching old episodes of The Office. She says it got so bad at certain moments that she fixated on death way too much for her own comfort and found a therapist. She says, for the first time in my life, there wasn't a pinhole of light at the end of the tunnel. I thought, I just wish everything would stop. It wasn't in the sense of, I'm going to take my life. It was just hopelessness. Like, what's the point? I don't think I understood how dangerous hopelessness is. Everything hurts. Then she continued to say, to say something that really got me emotional. Haley even privately quit the band for a brief period in the summer of 2015, feeling exhausted and thinking she had nothing left to say or sing. I just was done, she says. I thought there's got to be something else that I'm good at in my life. Maybe it's time for me to go find that. But after she left, Taylor York, her principal songwriting partner, and with Jason, uh, with Justin uh, Meldon Johnson, sorry, I'm saying his name totally wrong. I apologize, Haley and Olive Paramore, the co-producer of After Laughter, started sending her unfinished tracks just to see what would happen. He has a history with depression too. It made me feel so shitty as a fan to think that maybe the band felt pressured to make another record when mentally they were just done. I've said it a million times. I've said it before After Laughter came out. I said it after After Laughter came out, and I still stand by that. You know, I hope that the band is in a great place. You know, they say that they are, and it looks like they are. I just hope that they didn't feel the pressure, uh, pun intended, to finish a record. I hope that they they do love After Laughter, and I think that they do, so it kind of makes me feel a little better, you know, seeing them like this. And the interview touched on Jeremy leaving, you know, uh, he left right before Parahoy in, uh, in 2016, and Paramore's publicist mentioned to Alex, who was the interviewer, that Haley was upset about certain things she was asked. The interview also brought up her Just Enjoy the Damn Music tweet that kind of shook me, to be honest. Alex writes Haley's explanation as to when the tweet was and what it was about. It says, she tells me that after we spoke, she had a panic attack in her car. She apologizes profusely, profusely, I can't say that word right, but you guys know what I mean, for how this encounter has played out and tells me that she felt triggered when I asked her about the fallout from the lawsuit with her former bandmate. She says that legal reasons make it difficult for her to know and uh, to know what she can and cannot say, and that it both bores her and stresses her out that every recent story about the band has focused on the band drama and not on the songs. Fair enough, I keep digging though, and eventually she admits it's more than that, but that she is having a hard time explaining or figuring out herself, uh, figuring it out for herself what it is. 
Haley mentions that, you know, she gets super stressed out before um, a lot of things seem to stress her out about, you know, the Jeremy thing and Josh leaving and Zach coming back. And it's totally understandable. I would feel stressed as fuck if I was Haley and I had to deal with any of the things that she's dealing with, including all the band members leaving. So... Alex also writes, she says that over the years, she's grown wary about talking too much about herself or the band because in some circles, the fights and lost friendships she experiences in real life become fodder for gossip and headline news. I asked if the tweet she sent out about just enjoying the damn music was due to frustration about the interview, and she says no, that it was actually a response to fans relentlessly sending her tallies of the band's, of the album's first week sales figures. She says she's so sick of the commercial aspect of the music industry that before After Laughter came out, she even tried to renegotiate her contract with Atlantic, the one she signed as a teenager, so she would have less albums that she was obligated to deliver. I didn't want the contract over my head anymore, and I want to be done with the business side of it, she says. Atlantic wouldn't budge. She also talked about prior to this uh, paragraph about the constant assumption that she's going to be solo one day and how she turned down very firmly a writing opportunity to write with Chad Kruger of Nickelback because she was very uh, she was being pushed to do it to expand her brand, I suppose. So here's a minute of her talking about that um, with the fader, actually. I think right now we we need community more than ever. I think everyone's trying to connect with something or with someone to feel less alone because the world is a heavy place to be in. I don't know if I would be able to face the thousands of people that are looking at us if I couldn't look to my left and my right and realize that I'm surrounded by uh, people that know exactly who I am. Because then it's like it doesn't really matter where we are. You can look out and you could see an empty room, which we've had, you know, that's happened in the past too. It doesn't matter. And there was a conversation I had with Taylor. He basically was just like, I still feel like I've got more to do in the band and I kind of want to keep going. And it was this little um, electric shock of just knowing, oh, I'm, just, I'm actually still not alone. My name is Haley Williams, and I sing for the band Paramore. So I don't know Haley personally, but man, I feel like she's a friend I never see that I just want to protect and be there for. I just feel like people don't understand that she's like everybody else who's battling stuff. And this album, songs like Idol Worship, brought me so much more clarity with my feelings and how I approach talking about not only her, but other well-known people that I don't know personally. And Haley is not the only front woman lately to speak about depression or anxiety. Lynn, uh, Lynn from Paris has talked about how she doesn't like the word depression because she doesn't want to seem like she's self-diagnosing. She instead called it a blue period. I think she did an article with Kerrang! Uh, two years ago, I believe it was, where she said that. And she actually recently came forward about battling what depression actually looks like. So like Haley with Paramore, Paris has been a band where an album has been widely anticipated. Lynn spoke to Billboard last week about the pressure. Billboard says there just seems to be a lot of torment in the lyrics from the first two songs you shared off the new album, your heaven being taken away and feeling miserable. What sort of inspiration in your life were you pulling from? Lynn responded saying, really just the past three years and the kind of ironic and juxtaposition 
uh, juxtaposed positioning. Like everything was going so well for us and we had crazy success in what we were doing. And in theory, you should be happy. And in theory, you should be on top of the world. Feeling, feel amazing. For me, it was the complete opposite. I totally became my own worst enemy and I felt so small and insignificant. And I would just constantly beat myself up over everything and really was just in the worst place mentally and emotionally and even physically. So for me, it was my person, it was my own personal health and I was just kind of trapped in it and I was never really vulnerable about it and I never opened up about it. So this record was really the chance to do that and kind of take ownership of everything and just really reflect on it and come to terms with it and just get it out there. Then they discussed the pressure with releasing album number two. Billboard says, do you think do you think all of that bad stuff came from being out on the road so much, becoming kind of famous and all that comes with it? Lynn said, there are so many factors that I think led to that. I think one of the biggest things though is just I'm a complete perfectionist and control freak and you have to let go of control at some point or to some extent in this career and in this industry. It's just like you need to let go and give up your power a little bit. And so the biggest thing for me was stress from that and that also the pressure to do well and the pressure to like stay true and be a good person and perform well. You always have to have your game face on. So at some point I just started suppressing every emotion and bottled it up and swept it under the carpet and never went back to it. And it just created this ongoing snowball of just empty feel of feeling empty and numb and not really absorbing emotions or experiences for what they were. Being in situations but not being there. This record is just mostly about that and learning to let go and be vulnerable again. Being your emotions and actually feel them without suppressing them or avoiding them. Lynn goes on to talk about the light at the end of the tunnel was recording and then when it happened she felt numb empty and out of ideas and how it bothered her and then made the decision to get help dealing with that billboard says do you feel comfortable talking about who you opened up to and what it was like Lynn responded saying yeah I mean to be completely candid I started going to therapy and just getting help in that form and it really really did help but it took a lot of pushing for me to get there. I was on a lot of calls with management and my family just being like, I don't know what to do. At this point, there was a pressure to get the record done and be in the, the right headspace for it, but I couldn't get out of it. And so there was a lot of pushing and pulling that eventually got me in there and I started to figure everything out. Like I mentioned, I. I think the most important thing I learned through this, through that, was not to bottle up emotions and be vulnerable, be present when you do feel something and take ownership of what you're feeling and not feel guilty for feeling negative emotions and just kind of honoring everything that you're feeling rather than just the positive and the happy. Now before After Laughter came out, people hounded Haley for details, asked her to leak tracks and kept saying, put the record out. Lynn has also received received the same kind of hounding. It started way early with Paris though. Almost months after White Noise dropped, it got so bad Lynn had to respond on Instagram, I believe in 2015, for the record, White Noise I believe came out in 2014, um, about how the White Noise cycle hasn't even been a year out yet and people are hounding her for new music and how albums usually take two to three years to cycle out. And it's ridiculous that some fans can be so unaware of how they talk to the ones that they claim to look up to. Now, kind of unrelated to mental illness, I wanted to bring up something that I just found uh, yesterday. Bethany from the band Best Coast spoke about it on her Twitter talking about how people don't get outside of being in a band and she's a person with a real life. I'm going to read you what she said. She said, hold on, 
Also referring to myself as an artist is so stupid and silly because half the time I don't even feel like one. Understanding the difference between Bethany plus Bethany of Best Coast is complicated for me. Best Coast is me, but then there's also I'm just Bethany. When people ask me, what are you even doing since you're not touring or making a record? It blows my mind because it's like, uh, I'm living. I'm literally being Bethany, uh, Sarah, Sarah Yeh. I'm so sorry, Bethany. Constantino waking up in the morning, making breakfast, chilling out, and existing. My existential crisis fortunately fuel my art. I go through these phases more than I'd wish to admit, lol. But sometimes I gotta like just live through them because I can do something with them. I, I know no one asked for this explanation, but I just feel the need to be honest with you guys since that's how I've always been. I feel stunned, somewhat lost, but that's okay. I know one day I'm going to wake up, be like, oh my god, it's here, that it will be the creativity, inspiration I'm struggling to find. If anyone else is struggling out there, whether it be with your art, your identity, your future, whatever the fuck it is you're struggling with, it'll work itself out. It always does. So it kind of touches on what I was talking about. But I think as fans of music, we need to be more self-aware with how we interact with these people who inspire us. It's great how social media lets us connect and interact with these people, but with that, we also need to try and be more aware with the words we use and how we interact. Songs like Idol Worship are prime examples of how we can affect the way that these people feel. Even the song What's Wrong by Paris has been said to be about Lynn not wanting to be put on this throne and pedestal and how she didn't sell her soul basically saying she hasn't done anything that she isn't proud of or doesn't stand by. Also, No Friend by Paramore has lines about, you know, so throw your pedestal of stone in the forgetful sea as protection from the paper-thin perfection you project on me and drown my dullness, my dull reflection and naive expectations in your eyes. I see myself in the reflection of people's eyes, realizing what they see may not be even close to the image I see in myself, and I hate I might actually be more afraid. And also, I'm no savior of yours, but you're no friend of mine. You know, all of those lyrics just really show you how these artists feel and I know these women aren't the only ones who struggle with mental illness but they're the women who I am inspired by most and have related to the most that recently made it public about their struggles this will be an ongoing topic I will continue to discuss now um, a little bit unrelated to mental illness and being uh, a real person in the music industry that people don't seem to get. I wanted to touch on something else before I end the episode since it is Warped Tour season. The Bridge Nine band War on Women, who are outspoken about being a feminist-driven band, have made waves with an article frontwoman Shauna wrote titled Let's Not, Ma- Let's Not Mistake the Dickies on Stage Warped Tour Rant for Anything But Misogyny. The article comes from Noisy.com from June 30th. And I can't believe what I'm about to read to you guys because it is vile and unacceptable to say the absolute least, but here we go. The second week of Warped Tour has already brought a darkness with it. This week, as the long-running punk band The Dickies were doing their usual shock rock performance in which frontman Leonard Graves Phillips made jokes about things like how much he loves teen girls and how he would love to snort Viagra off your asses and fuck your daughters. A female acquaintance of ours held up a sign in the crowd that read teen girls deserve respect not gross jokes from disgusting old men punk shouldn't be predatory what followed was a long misogynist uh, tirade directed at her from the singer 
Kiss it, you bitch. I have fucked farm animals that were prettier than you, you fucking hog, he shouted on the mic, his, his words traveling past the crowd over the field. This elicited some, some laughs from the audience who he then led in a chant of blow me, blow me, blow me, so on and so forth, before wrapping up with uh, how does it feel to get shouted away, you cunt, C-U-N-T, can you spell it? You're a fat cunt, fuck you. Apparently there's a video of this, which I couldn't find, and kind of happy that I couldn't find. And there's a half-ass apology in Kevin Lyman saying they're off the tour and Warp doesn't contone this type of behavior, but also this is the same man in tour who let a rapist play after being told multiple times it was ludicrous. Listen to episodes two and three for my feelings on Warp Tour sexism and the front porch step bullshit if you guys are confused on what I'm referring to. Shauna also wrote about the sexism she feels the Warp Tour has in another article I will link to you guys. She says, The Vans Warp Tour was created in 1995 by Kevin Lyman, a lifelong punk as a place for outcasts to enjoy the music that they like, together. But it's developed a stigma over the years. Recent high-profile stories of male performers on the long-running traveling music festival engaging in sexually aggressive behavior towards female fans and specifically minors have cast it as something as an incubator for predatory band creeps. So it came as something of a surprise when Kevin and the Warped Tour team offered my band, War on Women, a feminist punk band that has stood for spreading and promoting safer spaces, a spot on this year's lineup. But that's exactly why we accepted the offer. She goes on to talk about the early days of being on the tour so far. She talks about this encounter specifically. We've already experienced some of the microaggressions. Take this, for example, day zero, orientation day. After I stated whether I was in the band or in the crew, a very normal question, to someone, he asked, what do you do in the band? I said, I yell. I always think that's very clever of me, Hor hor. Then he said, what are you gonna do when you get married? Just yell at your husband? As he laughed, it was so dumb I wasn't even mad, but I did not have the time to explain all these things all these things wrong with his joke statement bright neon i'm old-fashioned sign thing <laughs> thing he would obviously never say to a man i'll let you guys read that article for yourselves it's an excellent read for anyone who either doesn't really see these types of things being true and also i haven't seen any woman from warp tour talking about these things in such detail and i hope shauna continues to talk about the the sexism she sees and calls it out for what it is. So with all of that being said about War on Women, I'm going to play you guys a song from the 2015 self-titled record. The song is called Say It and there is a trigger warning due to the song talking directly about sexual assault, so just be wary of that. Here is the song Say It.
So again, that was the song Say It by the band War on Women from their 2015 self-titled record. You guys can see Shauna posting tour diary type stuff on the Noisy website. I'll link you to the two that she already wrote so you guys can kind of follow her from there. They're really great articles. I encourage everybody to listen to the band and read what she's writing because it's awesome. And another um, take on sexism, Bethany of Beth Coast, Best Coast, sorry, Beth Coast, spoke to Trevor Noah on The Daily Show about sexism in the music industry and about something that I didn't even hear about until I was watching this. So just let me play you guys a second of that. It was something that really thrust you into the spotlight for a different reason, and that was the story with uh, Amber Kaufman. Uh -huh. And uh, just to catch anyone up, for those who don't know, Amber Kaufman tweeted about having uh, an incident with a music, I guess he was a producer, yes? Publicist. Publicist. Music publicist, yes. And he had sexually assaulted her, and you came out, and your voice made it heard. It, it, it was really a tough conversation to have. I mean, it seems like an obvious thing, but why did you feel like it needed to be amplified? Well, I mean, let's be real, like sexism and sexual harassment and sexual you know this idea of women being sexually assaulted it's everywhere it doesn't exist just in my industry which is music but as a woman i felt it was so important to support my peer my female peer and i didn't realize that it was going to become such a huge thing when i i really didn't i thought like you know what I'm going to back Amber because that's what I feel that I should do. I, this is an incredibly important conversation that needs to be had. And the next morning I woke up, it was huge. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, I'm a spokesperson for this now. But I'm so happy for that because it's a huge, important thing. So It, it really is. I love other women in music, standing up for other women. It's so awesome to have this sense of um, female empowerment and girlhood between these other female musicians. I know Beth and Haley are good friends. I know Bethany has helped Haley through a lot of stuff. Haley has said that she's like her best friend and she comes to her for everything. So I think it's amazing and I hope that this sense of girlhood and all of this stuff just continues. And another artist who has also written a blog about sexism is Lauren Mayberry of Churches, who is another artist that is friends with Haley. And I love Lauren. I think that everything she stands for is incredible, and she's always fighting the good fight against sexism. The Guardian did an interview with her in August of 2015 about how the band started and exploded. Lauren was talking about how Avril Lavigne kind of you know, sparked her interest and in how Avril Lavigne was kind of marketed towards girls like her so she can start a band and how devastated she was finding out that Avril didn't fully write all of her songs and to be honest it fully broke me and I needed time to process it. I'm still processing it. I'm very upset that Skater Boy wasn't written solely by Avril. And the article mentions her blog that I did not know that she had. The article says it's easy to imagine to imagine the teenage Mayberry being outraged by the Levine deception. She's driven by the obvious fighting by an obvious fighting spirit that can't be many artists on the Billboard charts, for example, who founded a feminist collective called TYCI. It stands for Tuck Your Cunt In, and she still edits many of the pieces that run on its site and in its zine. In 2013, she wrote a piece for The Guardian, exasperated by the amount of sexually violent threats thrown 
her way on social media and Lauren's also talked a lot about that on um, videos and all sorts of stuff that you guys can check out on YouTube and Lauren says why should I feel violated uncomfortable and demeaned why should we all keep quiet it read so that's all my thoughts for today I know I covered a couple of things here but my main thing I want you guys to take away from this is mental illness exists in all types of people famous or not we must treat others with respect and care regardless if we look up to them or not and also of course that sexism lives in and outside the music industry and we must always educate and talk about when things happen and keep moving forward to stop it I just mentioned three things that I just found out yesterday while doing research for this episode so I'm always educating myself and I think you guys should as well. I also want you to I also want to mention that there is in fact a line between innocent curiosity invading someone's privacy in a public community. Please be mindful of what questions you ask. Wanting to know who or what a song is written about is fine, but to openly discuss it and go through, you know, oh, well, this happened in three years ago so obviously this is a direct connection you know you can discuss it in private with your friends even though that's kind of an invasion of privacy but if you really need to talk about it talk about it with one person not a couple of um, like thousands of strangers on a community and you know someone actually said to me Paramore wrote an album about their personal lives so obviously this isn't disrespecting it asking these questions and to me that's not true when someone writes an album they either choose to disclose what a song is written about or they don't for example, we know the song Grudges is about Haley and Zach reconnecting their friendship, but I saw people getting really prying about certain songs, and it got to the point where people were spreading and perpetuating rumors, and that is not okay. Certain things we can talk about privately with friends, we don't need to talk about in a community of strangers about it, and start getting too deep into someone else's business. This year has shown a lot of different sides to bands that I think we should take extremely seriously. After Laughter is a game changer not only for Paramore, but for music in general. The most honest, honest lyrics so far I have heard this year. And they don't really pussyfoot around, let's be honest, you know? It's basically like, I'm sad and things aren't okay right now. You know, I'm not going to be fake happy. I'm not going to smile if I don't want to. You know, fuck this pedestal that you put me on. I'm not a superhero. I'm a person and I'm struggling. You know, that's why I love After Laughter because I think it's the most relatable thing that I've ever listened to, especially coming from someone that struggles with intermittent depression and high anxiety. So with all of that being said, I hope you guys got something out of today's topics and I will continue to expand on dealing with mental illness in the music industry. And I'm going to play my last band. My last band today, I have an all-girl band who a friend of mine from the Parahoy community wrote the recommendation page for in the zine that's out now. The band is called Dollskin. They're from Phoenix, Arizona, and were on two weeks of this year's Warp Tour. They have a really smooth sound that sounds really put together, and they're all super young and have a lot of talent. The song is called Boy Band from their 2016 album Manic Pixie Dream Girl, and honestly, there isn't a bad song on the record. You guys can get it on iTunes, Amazon, really anywhere. I think you can also listen to it on Spotify. And before I play that song for you guys, I just want to tell you where you can find me as always, facebook.com slash rebelheartspodcast, twitter is rebelheartsgirl, instagram is samissocks, and you guys can email me for zine info, band features, or anything else at rebelheartspodcast at gmail.com. And if you guys have any suggestions, if you want more 
uh, literature, if you want to know more about anything that I talked about today, if you have more information to share with me, if you have other women who struggle with mental illness that I haven't seen or spoken about, please email me. I'm always open for suggestions and bans if you want to throw me um, throw me an email and if you want me to feature you, I'll absolutely do it. I'll check you guys out. I'm all about um, getting suggestions. So that's it today. I'll see you guys at the front. Here is Dolphskin. Skin.